<clears throat> All right. You ready to go, Regeroo? Let's do this thing. This is uh, our last uh, podcast before Christmas, right? Yeah, this will be what? This will post on the 19th? Yeah, so. I will see you then before then, but this one will be on the 19th, right? Yeah. All right, good. Well, then I won't say happy. I won't say Merry Christmas to you yet. <laughs> and I give you another week to uh, to get my present. <clears throat> anyway, all right, here we go. <laughs> are you ready? I like where the levels are, so keep them right there. I'll give you the three S's. I'll give you the um, the countdown. I'll give you the music. I'll give you podcast number 343. How's that? Sounds good? All right. Here we go. Ready? Star, smile, strong. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. Whoa, what happened there, my friend? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> What's going on with this music thing? Oh, gosh. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Wait. <clears throat> All right. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. <laughs> Guess who's coming down the chimney with tons of podcasts in their backpack. That's right. They're right there, just waiting for you. Of course, we're there. And if you like what you hear, don't forget, get out there, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podcasting, and it should be theirs too. Oh, that loyalty and devotion, especially as we're counting down to Christmas will just help to spread the Yuletide spirit in your hearts and through the world. How's that? If you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com, hit the prompt for this podcast. Go to the podcast section first, then hit the prompt for this podcast. And my gosh, as I said before, coming down the chimney with care will be Santa and his big sack of toys filled with Christmas goodies and Elton Jim podcast. Holidays are a time to binge anyway, right? So binge on those. There's a ton in there, so just keep scrolling down and down and down. But overall, well, I think I've done about 342. So welcome to episode 343. This podcast will be posting uh, on Christmas week. Not here yet, but uh, by the end of the week, we will have celebrated Christmas 2022. So let me, uh, in advance, wish you a, uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday season. Several religious holidays, Kwanzaa and uh, Hanukkah, 
I think Hanukkah just started yesterday, in fact, according to when this thing, uh, this podcast posts. So I wish uh, all my Jewish friends some great naches for your high holiday. And, of course, Merry Christmas to... Uh, to all you Christians out there, and everybody in the el- and everybody else in between, happy holidays. There's so many different little provisos that we have to say these years, uh, these these times of year. But it's fine. Happy holidays does cover it all. My wife and I we send out um, Christmas cards, holiday cards, whatever you want to call them, and we do send out two different ones. We send out happy holidays to our, our Jewish friends or those who are not Catholic or Christian, at least. And, uh, and then we send out the Merry Christmas ones that have a Santa or something more traditional about Christmas to those. So we, we, we make the, um, the necessary, uh, accommodations to include everybody. We are in an inclusive society now, right? So everybody gets included, but happy holidays. We're not taking the, the Christ out of Christmas. You're just being, you're just being, I guess nice and you're you're spreading the holiday spirit by being nice by 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 acknowledging that your celebration isn't the only one out there and let's remember the history of this holiday season um you know once again now we can you know I'm not talking about faith here so please just put the brakes on it I'm just going to talk from a theological and historical aspect Yes, there are theological mentions of of Jesus, of a person named Jesus being born, but we don't know specifics in terms of real birth certificate type of documents and things like that. There is some suggestion that perhaps... If a man named Jesus Christ did exist, he probably was born sometime in April. That's what I've always heard. You have to understand that right now, that that while we are saying Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and all that stuff, there were pagan rituals held around this time of the year because of the winter solstice, the, the early man, early people, early civilizations were very in tune to the weather to nature because you know that's all they had really that was the only constant that was in their in their early abilities to to reason and to think they they certainly saw that every day you know repetition you know breeds understanding to some extent right well they saw that every day that big round ball was up at the beginning of the day and it went down at the end of the day and it and it got darker sometimes and 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 lighter it seemed earlier um so nature was man's first companion if you will that's where the the understanding we here we are you know, centuries, thousands of years, and we still don't know what the heck happened and why we're here. We're getting, we may have, and some people don't believe it. They listen, they, they look at the stories of the Bible and, and look at that as a history book. 
There certainly is some history in there. Um, so here we are, centuries, and we still don't know. And look at all the capabilities we have. We're sending, we just sent a, a rocket into space again to go around the moon. We just sent out the, the James Webb telescope uh, last Christmas. It just landed this summer. We're getting back pictures of the universe that we've never seen before that are, that are going to uncover, uh, are probably going to bring up more questions than provide answers for to just show how complex this galaxy that we are a part of, a small dot that we are a part of. But just think about what what early civilizations, they, they, they had no insights and, and no knowledge of what was going on and, and the invisible world out there, right? Radio waves and germs and, and cells and all that stuff. They did have an acute observation, and I also believe, as, as you look at some of the remnants of past societies, not only an acute observation, but an acute reverence uh, and respect for nature, which I think over the centuries man has lost. We're trying to regain that to some extent, but that, because that's all they had. They, all they had around them was nature and their instincts. That was their basis of their knowledge. Um, but as I said, so Christmas and the holiday season at the end of the year, these these were long-held pagan festivals that had been going on for centuries. They were so ingrained in in human behavior and in human celebration that religions, namely Christianity, as it was beginning to spread thanks to Constantinople, who was the head of the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire was so strong and so prevalent around the world that when the Roman society decreed something, it became the establishment for much of what was considered the civilized world at that time. That's why it's called the Roman Catholic Church. Because it was in the Roman Empire that established Catholicism as the official religion. And it was mostly done as, a, as an effort by Constantinople to unify Rome. Because there were still pagans. There were still all the different gods, the, the Roman gods and the Greek gods. Uh, but then Catholicism was growing fast. Constantine um, apparently had some kind of a dream one night and and became converted. Uh, once again, people back then, uh, for as for as much of, of of logic that they have that 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 happened during the early greek and uh, and roman civilizations we've got some great philosophers as much as we were as as logic and reality was begin was being inserted into uh our our knowledge of the world uh people were still very superstitious and very religious kind of hand in hand and uh so constantine apparently had a had a had a dream and converted to Catholicism, and then 
decreed it the official religion of Rome. And that's how the Catholic, the Catholic faith then really became ingrained as a dominant religion, which it still is today, because of the power and influence that Rome had at that time. Thus, as I said before, the name Roman Catholic Church. But still, uh, you know, it, it didn't, it, you know, you just don't tell people, oh, by the way, now, all those gods and all those other ceremonies that you used to do and became a part of your life and part of your tradition, uh, those are all gone now. Well, you could say all you want, but people will do what they want to do, right? We, we saw that here in the United States in the, in the 30s with prohibition. You could, put, you could pass a law that alcohol is no longer legal. It didn't stop people from drinking. It probably, it probably was responsible for people from drinking more because it was illegal. They didn't want to give something up just because someone told them to. Look at, look at, look at the COVID mask situation. People did not want to be told what to do. We're still seeing it right now. Today, we're seeing COVID numbers going up. We're seeing people getting back into the hospital. Um, but do you see masks being worn? <laughs> no. We are an individual race. We do, Well, at least culture. I don't know if we are that way. I don't know if that's the way our species is originally, but certainly that's the way it's evolved, especially in this country. We don't like to be told. And, and obviously, as I said before, people didn't. This is nothing new. It's not uh, something unique to Americans, as I said before. It's an, an effort to unite Rome because there were people that were still clinging to the old religion of the different gods. You're like, wait a minute. One, one minute you're telling me to, uh, you're telling me to praise Jupiter and all these other. Uh, Latin and, and Greek gods, and all of a sudden you're telling me, well, no, no, they're, they're, that's fake. That, 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 that's gone now. Wait a minute. I, that's how I grew up listening to and learning and believing. You can't just destroy my, 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 um, my belief system that fast because you made a decree. And actually, because Catholicism was spreading fast, Constantine had this conversion Catholicism was 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 allowed in Rome to unite Rome because you had these different factions, and so it was done actually more as a as a political move to 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 acknowledge Catholicism in order to help unite Rome. But there were these pagan rituals and traditions that were going on at this time of the year because of the winter solstice, which, uh, you know, December 20th, December 21st, around that, depending where you are in the world. So if you can't beat them, join them. And so the leaders of the Catholic faith eventually said, well, you know, we're telling, we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, to, Get people to to stop these pagan rituals and 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 um, and adhere to our rules, but these these there's two they're 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 two part of people's histories and their traditions. So we'll just say this is when Jesus we we will we will co opt their festivals, which is basically what they did, and so they said, well, we'll we'll have Jesus's birthday in December. So 
Everybody can still celebrate and have their celebrations, but now they'll be celebrating Jesus' birth as opposed to pagan rituals and nature. Once again, now I'm not saying that there that 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 there's no Jesus or God. I'm not getting into religion here. Just telling you factual information as to how we celebrate Christ's birth at this time of the year. It was more or less a compromise to say, okay, you want to keep having these celebrations, fine, but here's what you're going to be celebrating. Not just the shortening of the days and the, and the, and the sun going down and, and everything else, but, but the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and so here we are. That's what holidays are all about, though, right? It's about traditions. So whichever religion you are, you are, we are still in that sense that at the end of the year, we like to, uh, we like to get together and celebrate another year over and a new one just begun. Thank you, John Lennon. Um, and so whatever religion you may be, even if you don't have any religion, even if you are an atheist, you can still be a part of the holiday spirit because at the end of the day, stripped away of all the religious connotation, the holiday spirit is still about, um, you know, peace on earth and goodwill toward men, right? All those cliches you hear, but that's really what it's about. It's about spending time with your friends. It's about spending about time with your family, with your loved ones. It's a time of reflection. Um, looking back on the past year, it's a time of hope and anticipation for what a new year may bring. I've said this many times, and I'll probably talk about it in a couple of weeks, but once again, um, the way I look at every new year is, you know, a, a, another blank page that it's my responsibility to fill up with memories. And uh, so we, we look back and we look forward. We, 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 uh, we've, we, look fond, we look back fondly at good times of the past year and we also remember with reverence or grief uh, the tough times. You left, you lost somebody this past year. So this time of the year has always been a time of reflection. You can still embrace the holiday spirit regardless of what your specific religion is. Because ultimately, as I said before, this time of the year is about traditions. And that's exactly what I want to talk about this year. Uh, or, you know, as we lead up to Christmas, I thought it would be fun to share some of my uh holiday traditions in terms i mean i always i already i've already talked about at length many times on this podcast about my decorating uh traditions i love santa my wife loves snowmen and so we certainly do go overboard and i'll be the first one to admit it um when you come into my home around now especially and i've had I've had the Christmas decorations up since November 9th this year because we were out of town right before Thanksgiving and I wouldn't be able to get it done. So I put it up before we left. So we've we've had our Christmas uh, decorations up for an extended period of time this year. I'm going to see how that feels. 
Well, I go back to normally, I would be putting things up around the mid-November period or, or mid to late November. I don't do the, the after Thanksgiving anymore. I like, I really enjoy having the, uh, the Christmas decorations up. It just adds to the, the spirit, right? I'm going to see how I felt about it so early. I mean, it was only like a week and a half or so, not even, you know, maybe a week and a couple of days after Halloween. So I'm going to still um, weigh that one because there were some extraordinary circumstances, but um, but I still love being surrounded by by Santas especially. So as I've said many times, our house is filled with red and white uh, between the Santa's outfit and then the snowmen. Everywhere you look, my goal is when you walk into our house with our Christmas decorations, everywhere you look, there should be no little spot. There should be no little nook or cranny it doesn't have some holiday-related item in it. No corner, no everywhere. You you should be looking around and go, oh, up, 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 up. I do that too when I'm done. I mean, I actually look around and say, is there is there any spot here that is not Christmasized <laughs> with a Santa or a snowman or uh, you know tinsel or something? Something that connotes the, 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 the Yule Tide, if you will. I think it probably started. Uh, my parents weren't crazy about decoration. Like, we, we had a tree and we had, you know, your usual things. Uh, I think I really got into it, though, uh, when I, we had a, I had a room when I got older. There was, we had some space, and so I had a room in the basement. And it, was, it, had, it even had its own door. So I had some privacy. And um, and it was it was it wasn't huge by any means, but it was it was kind of like almost like a living space. And so I decided uh, that I would have my own since I was in there a lot. You know, this was about seventeen or eighteen years old. I wasn't living in my bedroom, my 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 childhood bedroom upstairs anymore. Uh I was down there, you know, once, once again, you're a teenager, you know, you want your privacy and everything. And so uh, I started to decorate my little living space. I've always, I've always, I've always um, liked to be surrounded by things that reflect my personality or things that I like. Uh, when I was a young, young kid, I was way into sports. And so I had a sports memorabilia. And then when I discovered Elton John around nine years old, 10 years old, then the room was completely converted, and every every that was the goal. Every spot you looked at was there's a picture of Elton, even on the ceiling, even on the on, on my 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 bed, on the headboard. I mean, you name it on on the on the underneath the glass and the dresser, inside the 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 uh, on the front and on the inside of the doors of the armoire, the hutch in my bedroom, you name it, you, you, on the curtains, on the, on the, on the closet walls, you know, the closet doors, you name it, everywhere. So it just made sense then when I was going to start to decorate this room now, this other little bigger living space that I had when I was a little older, I bought myself a little tree, not a big one, just a small little tabletop tree, but then I started to take a few things from upstairs and, and then I started to buy Santa things, because I always loved Santa. I, I had Santa dolls as a little kid, and still, ha- in fact, I still have. I mean, I, I, and, and I, this this doll has to be, I mean, you know, fifty years old now because I I saw this, I saw a picture of me as is as as almost as a baby, 
with this Santa doll, which I still have. Thank God my mom saved it for me. So that doll has to be at least 50 years old, which is pretty cool. Um, and a couple of those things. So I have, I have some, some things that my mom did save that I still have. And, and so a lot of things uh, are sentimental and have some, some good years on them. And then through the years, I bought, some, I bought Santas. And I mean, I'm a collector, so what can I say? So I bought Santas, and then when I got married, my wife and I continued, and, and, and she likes snowmen, so we have snowmen, and we've just continued and continued. Now, the last couple of years, we have put the brakes on that because there's really no place else to put anything. I mean, our tree, uh, we can't even really buy ornaments anymore. We don't have any room on this tree unless, I mean, we, we just don't. The tree is just completely filled. Every spot, it's, you, can almost, you almost can't see green. The tree itself is almost red and white with all the Santas and snowmen on it. Um, but I really enjoy that stuff. And, uh, and I do, as, 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 you wouldn't, as you shouldn't probably wouldn't be surprised, because I am a little anal on things. Um, you know, over the last several years, when I've put things up, when, when I feel the house really looks, looks cool and everything is right in the right spot, all the decorations right in the right spot, I started taking pictures of the house. And so then every year now, when I start to put the things up, I go back and look at the pictures. And hey, look, there's sometimes I'm, I, I might move one thing, you know, for, for a little change. <laughs> but, you know, my view is when, you, when, you, when, when something is cool and good, keep it there stay with it right and once again this is the holiday is about tradition so you know what this is where this always goes you create your own tradition as as things go on so from my standpoint even decorating the house is not only a tradition in decorating it but it's tradition in what is where and how it's decorated so, yes, there's a little of, of my over-organizational anal side of, okay, this goes here and this goes here. But, I, but also, I think another layer of that is also that it's also comforting, and it's also a part of tradition. Uh, I know when the, you know, when, when I'm walking through the house, I know where everything is. And it's very comforting to be surrounded. When I had offices, when I worked, I always decorated them with things that, that I liked or, or cubicles or whatever it was. I always brought things to make it more um, familiar and be surrounded by things that reflected who I was and what I liked and what made me comfortable. So I really enjoy the, the holiday tradition um, and the decoration, but we, I, I had a, a friend, uh, come over and, and never had seen the inside of our house. We don't have a lot of people come over, which mostly for us, it really is. Um, you know, you could say, well, geez, you know, why do you have to do all this? And you're not, it's, it's not like it's a show place. It's not like a millions of people walking through with the public or anything. It doesn't matter. We like it. We like walking around the house and seeing all these Santas and snowmen, and um, so, yeah, I mean, we like to show it to people, but it's not like we're having people over every day to have people walk through the house or something. But he had never seen the inside. And uh, he, this was last year, and he came over, and uh, he and his wife came over, and he, as soon as you walk in, I mean, you're just bombarded. And uh, we have a small 
uh, you know, little hall, you know, foyer. It's not big at all. It's three steps. But when we walk in, you can get a good look at everything. You can look at, we got dowels up the stairs that, you know, right up the stairway, which is right, um, you know, once you open the front door. So we got all the Santas and, and snowmen up the stairs, and you can look in the dining room to your right, and you can look to the, to the living room on your left, and it's just, you know, there's red and white everywhere. And he just looked around in amazement, and he just said, "Wow, this is uh, it's quite a commitment." <laughs> that was his <laughs> that was his um, his reaction. It wasn't like, "Wow, is this Christmas?" And this is great. It was that's quite a commitment, <laughs> but it is a quite a commitment. It takes several days and several hours each day, and uh, a little taxing on the back, especially as the years go on here, carrying all these bins. But I probably have about 15 or 16 bins of things. I've gotten much more efficient, though. I've streamlined the the operation. Uh, instead of just, you know, when I take things down, I just don't throw them in any little bin. It's like I have a bin or several bins for every section of the house. So this way, when I bring those bins up, uh, boom, it's like, oh, is this over in the corner? Then this is all the stuff that goes in the corner. This is all the stuff that goes on the on the end table. This is all the stuff that goes on the couch. This is all the stuff that goes on the mantle. This is all the stuff that goes by the television. This is all the stuff that goes by the other end table. This is all the stuff that goes in the dining room. You know, so um, there is a method to my madness. There is organization. And um, while it just takes, it's just, it, it just takes time, at least um, it's not, uh, haphazard or chaotic. I can only imagine how much time it would take if I wasn't as organized. But uh, through the years, I have, through the years, um, <laughs> I have devised a system. And as I said, I, I have my computer out uh, and I have the photos from the year before because it seems like when, when you decorate, it's like always the year, the year before is always the one you thought was best. As I said, I mean everything is not exactly the same, but it's not. It's 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 the, the tree is always different. That's hard to to duplicate where you put the the different ornaments. So the the where the ornaments go, for the most part, are different every year. Although we we put some in the same sort of same place all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of all the little dolls and figurines, most of that stuff now, there's a spot for that. That's where that goes. And then maybe you move it. Oh, let's just try it out here. And then you take a picture of that. And now that becomes the new tradition. But for the most part, everything has its place. And I think that that's part of the, the tradition. And so um, I have a few traditions. Now, look, uh, you know, in music and in films and TV shows, which help spread the mood and, 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 and help spread the, uh, the Christmas uh, spirit. And um, we all have those, our favorite holiday or Christmas movies and Christmas songs. And now, my gosh, they're flipping the uh, the formats for some of these uh, radio stations on November 1st. I, I, you think that me starting on November 9th, putting my decorations was early. But these radio stations now are flipping their, their, their formats to all Christmas on November 1st. Like the day after Halloween, they can't wait until after, you know, as soon as the last pumpkin is thrown out, boom, there's Bing Crosby and Perry Como for the next two months. <laughs> but I don't really mind it, to be honest with you. And I, I started turning, turning those stations on, and I even have satellite radio, and so I've been tuned to the Christmas station since then, too. So, And then, then along with... Uh, 
the inside of our house. What I did do, dude, to, to give Thanksgiving its due, I did not put any, I do not put, even if the, when the house is inside, decorated to the tilt, full metal yuletide inside, to the outside world, I do not put up Christmas lights or anything Christmassy. In fact, I still have the autumn wreath on the door and some pumpkins out there until Thanksgiving. You know, and have, you know. So I have I have the Thanksgiving look on the outside, so it doesn't look like I'm just treating Thanksgiving as a, as a as the speed bump holiday that sadly it's become on its way to Christmas. Um, a, a little brief slowdown before we get to Christmas, but um, but. So there's kind of a, a, a dual personality going on the outside of the house, and it's not overly decorated by any means. Um, you know, it looks autumnal, but inside, in mid-November, it's already Christmas. I got the I ha, I, I have the satellite uh, radio playing, and I basically keep that on even on a, on a low volume. I keep the Christmas music on for the next two months it's been on since november 1st in the background so when you walk in the house there's christmas music playing and there's christmas all around you so it's kind of like i live in a card store (laughs) and i even have my um and i i have different um scents i'm big on scents well not not big on on common sense as people who listen may know but i am big on sense s c e n t s um, and so around the, you know, leading up to, uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving, I have the Glade pumpkin spice, but as soon as, as soon as we come home from Thanksgiving dinner, as soon as we come home, the autumnal stuff goes out. I, I take the wreath off of the, uh, the autumnal wreath off the front door. I get the pumpkins out of there. I've already got the green and red floodlights plugged in i haven't turned them on yet i get the santa face for the um for the front window uh on the door and there's another little santa sack with the with the red with his kind of his um his buckle and stuff that we put in a window and as soon as thanksgiving is over then the outside of the house becomes christmas christmas eyes as well now to finally match but i do give thanksgiving its due not much but enough uh, <laughs> um, but I thought it would be fun this year to uh, to just share some of my favorite things at the holiday season. Um, I have I've always tried to do some some holiday things here on the podcast. Uh, one of my favorite things, which is available on an old podcast. Now I did go to back to see where you can find it. Uh, one of the things I've I've enjoyed doing and and been proud of is I've done on both the radio on on when I've been on WGN radio and on a podcast and maybe I'll do it next year because I haven't updated it for a while. Cause I just went online to see how far, uh, long ago did I do? Uh, but I, I, I've done a one man version of a Christmas Carol. So I do all the parts where I read it with sound effects and I've done that on the radio and I've done it on a podcast. If you want to hear that and make that part of your holiday celebration, I'd love that. I've enjoyed doing it, and it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. People that have heard it have enjoyed it. Uh, go on the WGN website and um, and and just on, in the search area, put Elton Jim Christmas Carol, and there's actually three different 
uh, things that come up. One of my podcast version, which I think was on episode 84, so it's been a while since I've done it. I thought I did a recent, more recent one. I can't, I, 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 I could have sworn I did it a few years ago. But maybe time just flies by, I don't know. And then there's also a couple of, of versions that I've done on, live on the radio that have been recorded and uh, and put up there. So you can, if you want to hear my one-man version of A Christmas Carol doing all the, the roles, and on stage as an actor, I have uh, portrayed Marley's Ghost and Ghost of Christmas Present and Bob Cratchit and some of the other characters in, in several different productions. But this is all a one-man show. Just I do all the voices. It's pretty fun. I got the idea from Patrick Stewart, the uh, the actor from... Uh, you know, Star Trek, Lost Generation, Picard. He did a one-man version of this, which is available, too. You can hear that. You can go online and find it. Um, he did it on Broadway, and he also recorded it. Um, I'm sure it's on on some of the different streaming services like Spotify or YouTube Music. And you can even... I have the a, a, a DVD version, too. You could probably... I mean, a CD version uh, of, 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 of his recording, too. And that's where I got the idea to do it. And I really enjoy doing it. And so uh, if you want to hear that, if you've never heard it before, you want to listen to it again, because once again, that's what the, the holidays are. It's about traditions, about doing those things that we do once a year that sort of become uh, sort of close to our, um, to our hearts and our minds. Um, but I'd love for you to hear that. So um, if you want to hear that, if you haven't heard it before, or if you want to hear it again, you forgot about it and make it a part of your um, your holiday this year, just go on the WGN radio, uh, WGNradio.com, uh, and in the search box, put Elton Jim, A Christmas Carol, and uh, and different versions of it. It's the same version. I mean, it's the same, but it's, it's, it's three different presentations of it, and you can pick and choose whichever you want. But uh, but maybe I'll do a new version of that next year. I, always, I, I could have sworn I did one a couple of years ago, but maybe I didn't. Um, but I think I'll, I'll do one uh, next year, and we'll have an updated one for that. Um, but this year, I just thought I would share some of my favorite uh, holiday movies and songs and TV specials. And what I really like to do is, is, is because I think you know, there's some that are that everybody watches and listens to, right? I mean, there's some of the ones that that are on TV all the time and that we all grew up and that we, uh, that everyone knows and loves, um, you know, like the Charlie Brown Christmas or, uh, the, the original Boris Karloff version of how the Grinch stole Christmas. There's a lot of Grinch stories out there now. I mean, my gosh, how many Grinch movies are there? There's, there's a Grinch movie with, with Jim Carrey and there's, there's a new Grinch movies with, uh, um, uh, with Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch, and it's like, geez. But for me, the best is still, I, I, you know me, I'm old school, I'm vintage, and I, like I said, I think there's something about that, the older the better when it comes to Christmas for me. And so I will always lean toward the more old school things than the the newer types of movies and stuff so yeah for, for me it's uh it's still you know tv shows are like you know a charlie brown christmas and the grinch that sold christmas with boris karloff and um of obviously the rankin and bass holiday stop motion uh features like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer from 1964 with burl Ives singing silver and gold silver and gold and of course 
Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know where there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And in case you didn't hear. <laughs> and he's, he, of course, he plays Sam the Snowman. Um, and of course, then right after the popularity of that, then spurned the, um, or spawned uh, the, uh, not spurned, but spawned the, uh, uh, the Santa Claus is coming to town with Fred Astaire and Mickey Rooney, which also has some great songs like put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking across the floor, put one in front of the other and soon you'll be walking across the floor or out the door right and uh and of course there's the the burger meister meister burger there will be no toys in somber town <laughs> uh so you gotta love that one and then a year a year without Santa Claus, with once again Mickey Rooney as Santa, Shirley Booth from Hazel fame playing Mrs. Santa, and the Miser Brothers, the Heat Miser. Uh, I've got a lot of those figurines. They about 10, 20 years ago they they put out a whole line of the Rankin and Bass characters, and so I've, I've got a bunch of those. I got the the Winter Warlock, and I've got the Miser Brothers, and I've got the different Santas, the Mickey Rooney Santa from. From a year without Santa Claus, and then the Mickey Rooney Santa from Santa Claus is coming to town. He's got the red hair, and Jessica, his wife, and Tanta, and all the characters, you know, Burgermeister and the 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 the, the main elf and things like that. So um, that's a part of the the Christmas uh, decorations. But um, so yeah, everybody, we always see those, uh, and of course, uh, and even the little drummer boy one with Aaron with Greer Garson doing the um and zero mostel uh doing their voices for that those are my those are the favorite ones of of mine now there is one from from 2014 which i have uh recorded on my dvr i do have a file of like 25 christmas holiday movies and shows that that are my perennials they're my go-tos every year gotta watch them and I've already started watching some of them. And well, I watch other things too, but these are like the ones I have to watch. And that thing, that, that, that file just sits there all year. And then right around late November, early December, boom, here we go. There is one that came out that I don't know if they play it on. I don't see it as much anymore. Uh, it's almost 10 years old, uh, but I really liked it. It's called Mur- How Murray Saved Christmas. And Jerry Stiller plays Murray. Oh, <laughs> and it's like they're in this little town and Dennis Haysbert is the narrator and Jason Alexander plays a role. And it's like they're in this town where all the mascots from all the different holidays live. But there's but once again, there's uh, most of these stories have a problem with Santa. For some reason, you know, all these stories come up where, where Santa can't get out there. You know, that's a year without a Santa Claus. Santa was feeling sick. There's, uh, you know, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, there was going to be a, a terrible storm. They're going to have to cancel Christmas. There's always this conflict where Santa can't go out and do his job. He has a job one day a year. And he's, and he's you know, he's, he's, he's kind of slacking off. But I guess that creates the tension. But come on, Santa, one day a year. I mean, I know it's a tough job to go around the world. I, I get it. But it's one day a year. You can, you can, you know, you know, 
you know, just take care of yourself, wear a mask, quarantine, uh, and, 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 and don't get sick. So it's just one day, you know, don't get sick. But for some reason, Santa always gets sick right around Christmas, which creates the tension and the conflict for these stories. But anyway, so, um, Go online or go on a streaming service. Look for How Murray Saved Christmas. It's hilarious. There's a lot of really bad puns, some really fun little songs. Uh, I I guess it didn't catch on as much as they had thought, but I I really enjoy it. So check that one out. That that might be one that you don't know. But uh, And if you have now on a streaming service, go and try to find the Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol. Oh, you know, oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds like the blob with BJ and Dirty Greg and more than it does Magoo, but uh, the, the, the the great Jim Backus doing Mr. Magoo. But it's a, it's kind of a fun little take on it, and the animation is so old and so outdated, it looks great. Once again, I love that kind of old-school stuff. Uh, you know, this computer stuff now today, while it's amazing, you can't deny that, but because it's so good and because it's so seamless – it it almost loses its its charm. So when you see like something like this Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol and you see how rudimentary the animation is, it once again it feels like from a different time. And as I said to me, that's what what really is the Christmas spirit is these older traditions. Now I know every generation needs its own thing to create its own traditions. I get that. But uh I mean, I still love you know Charles Dickens. I love I love the old English Christmas look, the you know, and and so and that's from the eighteen hundreds. To me, that's Christmas. When you see carolers, they have the big top hats, and the women have the big dresses with the with the head coverings, and, and they look they they come from you know from Victorian Christmas, Elizabethan Christmas, and things like that. That's what's cool. So I always will favor the the older types of movies and songs and tv shows but as i said so there's there's some of the perennials that we all know about um but what i would like to to and those are those are the main ones right aren't the ones i just talked about you know your charlie browns your your, your original grinch your rudolph your santa claus come to town your year without santa your little drummer boy i mean those are the perennials as far as those TV specials are concerned. And there's some new ones, and I know, you know, I'm, but I'm not a big fan of the Lifetime, you know, Christmas things. I know there's a whole different new world out there, and I'm sure people love to watch those, but that's not on my radar screen at all. I, I don't watch any of those Lifetime, uh, you know, Christmas specials with the, you know, with the, with the, the clever names, and they're basically romantic comedies, you know, with, with a Christmas tree in the background. So I must admit, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just not my cup of tea. I, it's, not my, it's not my cup of eggnog. It's not my cup of, of glutwein, of my milled wine, okay? Uh, some people love those things. No problem. That's what's great about the, the holiday season. But I'm just sharing. These are a few of my favorite things. But I thought, uh, I do want to mention a couple, two more things. Um, I want to talk about some some of the things that are my favorites that you might not be aware of. So we all know about those. But I'd like to, to maybe put some some things on your radar screen that you might not be aware of or that might not that maybe are not your perennials 
that are mine that I would love to share with you. Because once again, that's what the Christmas spirit and the Christmas Yuletide is all about. Sharing, right? So we can all agree on the other on the on those other ones, right? I mean, because those are just they they are Christmas. I mean, there's is there anything better than Linus reading that little passage from the Bible about Christmas? Is there anything better than Charlie Brown's little Christmas tree with the ornament that makes it tip over? That, that bare little twig of a Christmas tree? Uh, I mean, these are iconic images that are now, you know, is there anything better than the Grinch's sled? When he's right, when it's filled with all the toys he's stolen and it's right and it's about to tip and his little dog, is uh, Max, is, is, is trying to keep it up? Or when he's slithering around, when he gets into uh, into the little who's houses, he starts stealing everything. Oh, you're a scoundrel, Mister Grinch! You really are. If I were you, yeah. But um, and of course, like I said, Rudolph and and the Santa Claus coming to town and all those things, but. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows is The Honeymooners. Go online or go on a streaming service. Find the Honeymooners version, their Christmas episode called Twas a Night Before Christmas. It it aired initially on Christmas Eve, which was perfect. And it's very cool. Not only is there an amazing speech that Ralph Cramden gives, which really sums up, for me, the Christmas season, but also... Because it aired on Christmas Eve, Jackie Gleason and Audrey Meadows and Art Carney and uh, Joyce Randolph step out of character. They, you, they actually show the curtain closing on the show, and then Jackie walks out and for the first time ever breaks character and um, and wishes everyone a Merry Christmas. It's, it's very cool. And then Art Carney is in a version of The Twilight Zone called The Night of the Meek, where he plays a drunken Santa at a, at, a, at a department store who um, doesn't really care. And then, of course, he finds a Christmas spirit. It's a well-acted and well-written version of The Twilight Zone. And it has that Twilight Zone edge to it, even though it does talk about uh, the holiday season. So in far, as far as TV shows, uh, those are two of my favorites. And once again, that's in, that, that's in my Christmas file on my DVR, Light of the, Night of the Meek from Twilight Zone and Twas the Night Before Christmas, Honeymooners. Check those out. But um, in terms of movies, I would like to talk about uh, a few movies or TV shows that that you might not be aware of that are worth adding to your go-to Christmas list as far as things that you might watch and enjoy with your family or by yourself or whatever um, to get you into the mood before Christmas. Christmas or during the holidays or right after when you're sort of going through that withdrawal and you still want that Christmas season to uh, to last a little longer. Now, once again, we all know about It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart that came out in 1946, and we all know about White Christmas from 1954 and uh, some more recent things that now are almost 40 years old, which are kind of scary to think about, like Scrooge. I love Bill Murray's uh, movie Scrooge. I think he does a great job in that in that role. Um, the Polar Express, the animated um, uh, film that was uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, 
uh, and starred uh, Tom Hanks. Really cool story. At the time, they thought that this animation was going to take over. It really hasn't, which makes the Polar Express look all the more different now because it was right in the middle between where animation was uh, beginning to uh, accelerate, uh, but now the technology has moved so fast that that the animation used for Polar Express never really caught on. It was technology just moved so fast, which now makes Polar Express even all the more interesting. So check out the Polar Express. You've never seen that one because that is a good one. Um, and I'm not a big fan of Elf. I, I don't know why, but I do like the beginning with Bob Newhart. I like the whole takeoff on the Rudolph and the Red-Nosed Reindeer motif that they use. They've got the same elf outfits from that. And, of course, I love, as I said before, I love Burl Ives as Sam the Snowman. Well, in Elf, Leon the Snowman, in case, in case you don't know that, is based on Leon Redbone, who's I love Leon Redbone's music, who just passed away a couple years ago. And he's got a great Christmas album, too, so check that out, Christmas Island by Leon Redbone. Came out in the 80s as well. Um, if, if that's not on your Christmas listening list, it should be. But um, but Leon the Snowman is a takeoff of Snow of Sam the Snowman, only he's much hipper, <laughs> and they did a great job of um, of designing uh, Leon to look like Leon Russell. It's very cool. Um, if you're going, I love a Christmas Carol. I said I've, I've acted in several productions and played various characters throughout uh, my career uh, in acting. But uh, for me, the best Scrooge is the film called Scrooge. From 1951, starring Alistair Sim. Now, there is another one with A Christmas Carol with Reginald Owen, which isn't bad, but it's the 1951 version with Alistair Sim. He does a beautiful job of combining the embittered and soured and uh, angry frustrated miser of scrooge at the beginning and you really see as the movie goes on that facade melting and he and that conversion at the very end um he he does an expert job of of as the flashbacks come you see him slowly changing um that's to me the best scrooge slash a christmas carol movie so it's Scrooge or it's Christmas Carol. It goes by both names, but it stars Alistair Sim from 1951. So make sure you find that one. But I also have to give kudos to two other ones. In 1984, George C. Scott played Scrooge. And you wouldn't think that he'd do a great job, but he did. He definitely, you know, you would think he has, you know, he's been Patton and, uh, and, and, uh, in Dr. Strangelove, he always plays very gruff characters. He's got that kind of voice. So he's perfect for Scrooge. But he does a very good job of the conversion and the and the realization of how wrong he has been and that melting of that, of that bitter facade that is a key to the Christmas uh, Carol story. Um, he really, I, I've, I'm always impressed by it, and I enjoy watching it. So check that one out if you never saw that one. With George C. Scott, I know it's it's on it's on a streaming service somewhere. So check that Christmas Carol out with George C. Scott from 1984, or from 1999. I talked about Patrick Stewart doing a one man show 
on Broadway and in England of um, of a Christmas Carol where he did all the voices, like I said I did too on the radio. But then later TNT did a version, uh, a full blown film version of a Christmas Carol with Patrick Stewart as Scrooge, and he is. Well, he's a great actor. There's no question about that. But he does a good job, once again, too, of, of not only that. Uh, his Scrooge is a lot more apathetic. He's, his Scrooge isn't as mean and crusty. He's just apathetic, which is an interesting take on it, too. He's not overly miserly or mean, but he just doesn't care. And you can feel that. So that, I find, is an interesting take. So if you never saw that one. Uh, look for that one as well, Christmas Carol with Patrick Stewart from um, from 1999. If you never saw Scrooge, it's 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 funny. Um, but Bill Murray, you know, it, it's it's Bill Murray being Bill Murray. But uh, there's a little Scrooge in him, you know what I mean? Uh, and so I, I've always enjoyed that one as well. So those are ones that have that we all know about, though. Now, I, you know, I know, and and the Christmas Story, obviously, with with you know. Uh, with Ralphie and the Red with the Red Rider, uh, and that's a great one, and that's always on twenty four hours on TNT and TBS. So it's hard not to see that one. So there's some of these movies that we that they're always on. White Christmas is now starting to get played on a on a marathon kind of thing on some of the stations on AMC. Um, Home Alone is getting that uh, a, a lot of play now, and Home Alone Two. Um, planes, trains, and automobiles are starting to become a lot of these movies from the from the late eighties and early nineties. As people that are now in their thirties and forties and early fifties grew up, those were their Christmas movies. So now those movies are for them twenty five and thirty years old, and now that's their memories. So as I said before, every generation you know, has their memories of what when they were growing up, what they watched. And some of these are on every year, like Charlie Brown, so those could become part of your memories. But then these other movies that are a little more recent, like Trains, Planes, Automobiles, and, and Home Home Alone and things like that, are now becoming more tra- uh, you know holiday traditions. And and yes, I, it's fun. There are moments, but I'm not crazy about it. I don't watch it all the time. But there's no question that one of the the most popular ones now is obviously the you know Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. That was a movie that did. That was not a big hit when it came out. Uh, so many of these movies. What's interesting are so many of the of the of the movies that we consider classics at the holidays now were not big hits. Yes, Home Alone was a huge hit. Yes, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was a hit. But but trust me on this. I was there. <laughs> um, National Lampoon's. Uh, uh, Christmas Vacation was not a huge hit when it came out. It just wasn't. And historically, neither was It's a Wonderful Life. A Christmas Story was a complete flop. That movie came out like in the summer when it came out in the mid-'80s. It was only through um, cable television showing it so often then with their ability to, because they needed to fill time, there it became this 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 ho- this holiday treat, but a Christmas story and National Lampoon's, uh, you know, Christmas Vacation and It's a Wonderful Life were not big hits at the box office when they were first released. It was thanks to cable television and their need to just fill airtime by repeating them things year after year that they caught on, and even. 
It's a Wonderful Life was released in 1946. It really wasn't a hit until 40 years later when PBS started showing it. And then, then because it was in the public domain, it didn't cost anybody anything to, to air it. So every station, every independent station in the country was just playing it for 24 hours. And that's how it became this this now iconic you know, Christmas movie. But it, it wasn't a hit at the box office, and it wasn't even well-known. So much so that the copyright was left to expire. And then it became, thanks to just constant viewing, the true um, excellence of that of those movies all came out. But I thought it would be fun to share some movies of, that are favorites of mine that, um, that you might not know as well. And there are a couple, movies and books and TV shows. Um, one is my favorite one of all. My favorite Christmas movie is A Miracle on 34th Street, 1947. Uh, Maureen O'Hara from A Quiet Man and uh, John Payne. A very young Natalie Wood almost steals the movie. And, of course, uh, Edmund Gwen, Gwen, who won the Academy Award, who plays Chris Kringle. Uh, for me, I, as I said, loving Santa, of course, I love this movie because it's about Santa. It's about all the great things about Santa, and, and, it, and it, it makes an interesting uh, kind of comment that in order to prove that there's a Santa, he actually has to go to court. <laughs> but at the same time, there's also this sense of belief in what the image and the the um, the legend of Santa is all about, or the feeling of that Santa is all about. And that's portrayed in the side story concerning the Natalie Wood character, the little girl who is grown, who, who is, who's, who is um, taught as a young child not to believe in Santa and what a belief in Santa can do for both the young and the old. Um, to me, it's, it's, it's the Christmas spirit and the Santa spirit personified. And it's it's it, it 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 won three Academy Awards for its screenplay as well because it's so well written and it it it's smart as well as whimsical, um, and it makes a few interesting little poignant moments of drama as well as it makes you smile and makes you warm all over and makes you laugh. And as I said, if there if there's ever somebody who is meant to play and be Santa, it's this actor named Edmund Gwen. If you've never seen. Miracle on 34th Street, or if you haven't seen it in a while, seek it out. I'm seeing it now, and not just and not the remade version with um, with uh, you know with Penelope Ann Miller and and uh, and Sir Richard Attenborough. Not that one. This has to be the 1947 version, the black and white. Yes, there were great things were made in black and white, folks. That's the one you have to see. And they're starting to play it a little more now. For some reason, it was out of rotation, but now it's starting to come back, and I'm glad to see that. I mean, I own, I have a version of it on my, you know, I have one uh, taped on my DVR. I've got a DVD, so I can watch my Miracle on 34th Street anytime I want. But I believe it's also on a streaming service as well. But look at it on look 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 for it on some of those stations that play the Christmas movies because um, I have begun to see it a little more. Um, I don't know why it hasn't been played as much or it's lost favor or, or other movies have taken more 
uh, gotten more attention over the years, like it's Order for Life and, and White Christmas and things like that. But this one, for me, really says it all. So if you've never seen it or you haven't seen it in a while, please check out Miracle on 34th Street. Now, here's one that you may not even be aware exists. And I know it exists on DVD because I have it. I don't know if it's on a streaming service, but it might be available on YouTube. But you've got to you've got to seek this one out. It was a TV special on CBS that premiered in 1972. It only ran for like five years. It was kind of a low budget thing. It was it wasn't even shot on on film. It was shot on videotape. Um, it was almost like a throwaway, but it was so well written, so well acted that it became the critics loved it so much to the surprise of CBS that they expanded it and made other um, holiday um, movies and stories based with the same cast, Jason Robards and uh, Mildred Natwick. They, 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 they used the same family around Thanksgiving then and Easter. But the, the key one is the original. It's called a, The House Without a Christmas Tree. And uh, it's a story of a small little family, uh, a father and his young daughter, who's probably, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, and the man's uh, mother, the little girl's grandmother. And the, the, the wife and the mother in, in the story died, and it sounds like she died during childbirth, to which the husband, Jason Robards, has never got over the loss of his wife. He's still grieving 10 years later. He's become very um, isolated and bitter and angry. He doesn't want them to even have a Christmas tree or, or, uh, or celebrate Christmas. He's got this very, uh, you know, this precocious, smart, energetic daughter, creative. Um, and there's this tension between them because he kind of blames the daughter for his wife's death, which is a, a toughie. And, um, and the grandmother sees this and she's trying to, you know, she's trying to be the mediator between the two, but her, but her husband is, is grief stricken still. And he's very stubborn and, He's become, you know, very, uh, you know, as I said before, isolated. And uh, but we do see the Christmas spirit eventually enter this house. It is so well acted. It is so well written. It's it 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 will touch your heart. It will make you cry. Um, it was like I said. I I I wish they would show it uh, and bring it back because I know that if if it got any kind of viewing, people would love this thing. I'm not sure why it fell out of favor. Um, and, and CBS started stop showing it. But if you can find this, find it. It will be, you will, you, it will, it will, if you've never seen it or heard it before, I guarantee you, it will, you will be touched by it and it will become something you always want to watch every Christmas. And it may even be the highlight of Christmas 2022 for you. It's that good. It's very low key. Don't get me wrong. Watch the acting, listen to the story, and if you don't get touched by this one, um, then you really are a Scrooge. So, <laughs> The House Without a Christmas Tree from 1972. It was a CBS show with Jason Robards. Please, please, you know, seek that one out.
Now, from a reading standpoint, reading? What? Do people still read, Jim? Yes, they do. (laughs) I don't know if they've ever read this story. And this is another one that was a story. And then you can also find it, um, if you can, I think it's on YouTube. Um, So watch it there because they don't really play it. I look every year. Even though this pro, the, 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 the television version of it won an Emmy Award, won a Peabody Award, uh, you name it. Uh, it. It was for its time in the mid-60s. It really made an impact. I'm not sure why it, it, it hasn't continued. But it was originally a short story by Truman Capote. Now, that may be a name that many people know and many people don't, which is sad. Um, Truman Capote wrote um, many great books, a, a, you know, a Breakfast and Tiffany's, which people know because of Audrey Hepburn's film. He wrote that. Uh, he really got main, uh, his main prob, uh, prominence came from uh, a book about a, a true life murder called In Cold Blood. Uh, and then he wrote many articles and, and stories for magazines um, he was a friend of um, of Harper Lee, and many actually believe that Truman Capote may have written To Kill a Mockingbird, because Har- Harper Lee, uh, at that point, had never written a book before, and then she comes out with To Kill a Mockingbird. It's quite a, an achievement, and it's been proven that Harper Lee did write another story as well, which was just found. But uh, but Truman Capote was friends with Harper Lee. Um, but a great writer, an amazing uh, <laughs> amazing personality, uh, very out there, no question about that. But this book or this story he wrote, this short story, which was originally in a magazine, in Mademoiselle magazine in 1956, it's called A Christmas Memory. And it's just a very small little story that once again is filled with vivid uh, descriptions and traditions and love and drama and poignancy. It's a small little story, but it really will touch your heart. And it, and in its own way, it spreads not only the Christmas spirit, but the human spirit. And it shows what a great writer Truman Capote was. And basically, it's about a little boy named Buddy and... Um, his older cousin, a, a middle-aged woman, who we we get a feeling she's somehow mentally disabled, but very but but very keen in many ways, but childlike in others, whose nickname is Sook, and uh, it's this. It just talks about uh, the, the the way these two get together, and they live in the same house despite their age difference. There's the traditions of making holiday fruitcakes. And there's just the bond between Buddy and Sook. Uh, There is a, as I said, go on YouTube because I have seen it there. They did make a television version of this starring Geraldine Page, who won an Emmy Award. Truman Capote narrates it as well, which is very cool because his voice is very unique. And um, and they did a remake of it in 1997 with Patty Duke as Sook. But you want to see the 1966 version 
Go on YouTube, 1966 version of A Christmas Memory. But I think before you watch it, get the book. It's not very long. It's a short story. It was a magazine article. So the book is not very thick, so it won't take you long. But you'll get such an appreciation for Truman Capote's writing and the way he creates um, these 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 mental pictures for you with his description and his, and his prose and his adjectives um, and, and the, and the, and the drama and the tension that he creates and the love that he creates and the poignancy. Um, so I would suggest you get the book, read the book first, because it's very short. It's not long. It, it probably won't take you more than 45 minutes or an hour to read it. And then watch the film version with Geraldine page. Go to YouTube and find it. Um, it. It's another gem that I guarantee you, you will come back to year after year at this time. So yes, you're going to watch all those those other well-known things like It's a Wonderful Life or Elf or all these other things that are much more in the um, in the in the public view. But but I would really urge you to to look for Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, which is a classic, but deserves more recognition than it gets it seems these days so seek that one out look for the house without a christmas tree from 1972 starring jason robards i bet you that's on youtube somewhere and then a christmas memory go on amazon you can get the 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 book a lot of times it's illustrated it's very thin they may even have an audio version of it if you don't if you don't uh, you know, like to read. But uh, I would just urge you to get the 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 book version as well, so you can read Truman Capote's words. And then I would stre- I would really urge you to go and and go online and and go on YouTube and look up the um, the television special of A Christmas Memory, starring Geraldine Page um, from 1966. Uh, those are. Th- Three, really, for me, um, must-see and special and not as well-known Christmas stories that may become your new favorites and maybe your new traditions. And there are a couple of, and there's another one too, uh, the bishops, a bis- the Bishop's Wife. Have you ever seen or heard that one? That's another one that doesn't get as much play as it should. With Cary Grant and Loretta Young, and uh, and David Niven, and Cary Grant once again, just like It's a Wonderful Life, actually, actually it came out the year after It's a Wonderful Life. It came out in 1947. Uh, but Cary Grant once again plays an angel who comes down to teach somebody on Earth a lesson about love and their life and the holiday spirit. And uh, interesting little story. It was redone a few about what, 20 years ago with uh, Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington as the preacher's wife. But you want to see the black and white original with Cary Grant, who is suave and plays Dudley the Angel with um, with a lot of charisma. Uh, and Loretta Young is is beautiful, and she does a great job. And, and a very pensive David Niven. Um, and Elsa Lanchester is in it as well. So if you've never seen The Bishop's Wife from 1947, check that one out too. It's not as well-known in terms of, of people. You know, It's not as on as much, and it's not on the top of people's minds as much. It's A Wonderful Life or Elf or, uh, you know, 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or or other things, but it's uh, it's a good one. And another one most recently on Netflix, it's an animated uh, tale called Claws. It's from 2019. J.K. Simmons, who um, won an Oscar, you see him on TV, you see him on those farmers commercials, farmers insurance commercials. Um, but Norm Macdonald's um, voice is in it, and and uh, and Jason Jason Schwartzman and uh, Rashida Jones, Norm Macdonald, J.K. Simmons, as I said, interesting take on the on the Santa Claus legend, where he is a toy maker who has been once again disillusioned, and he finds the Christmas spirit again and becomes Santa Claus. Just called Claus with a K. K-L-A-U-S on Netflix. Relatively new. Came out in 2019. But it's another good one. So those are some of the TV shows and some of the movies that are my favorites around the holiday season. And I like all those other ones as I talked about, but these are some that maybe you have not heard about or if you have you haven't seen them in years that deserve to be seen i think deserve to be recognized and um deserve to become parts of your holiday tradition because you know that's what it really is all about 2022 has been a a very up and down year we're still dealing with covid Almost three years later, we never expected to last this long, and it's still here, and it hasn't gone away. As much as we have tried to wish it away and act it away and will it away, it's still here. And that combined with um, with a war that's still going on that started this year in Ukraine, which seems so senseless, and the destruction that's going on. Uh, we've got inflation, the highest in 40 years. So people uh, economically are feeling it. We are, we're seeing crime uh, still out of control, seemingly, especially in big cities, and not even that. We're seeing mass shootings. It's been a tough year, folks. It is a time that we want to reflect. Hopefully it was a good year for you, but maybe you had some uh, some personal highs and lows. As I said earlier, that's what this time of year is about. It's a time of reflection. To remember the good times, to to feel or to grieve for the bad times, but to share in the traditions of the season, and to share those traditions and those those good feelings and those those tough feelings, perhaps that you may have had with the people that you care about the most and that you love, whether it's family or friends. And as I said before, we've got. A war going on, which seems so out of date and so sensitive of one country trying to take over another. Doesn't that just feel so antiquated? And yet here we are in 2022 still dealing with that mindset. Um, I talk about a lot of songs. I'm always listening to Christmas songs. But for me this year, it's always a favorite of mine. But for me this year, the most poignant song and the most sadly relevant song is a song from 50 years ago from 1971 john lennon's happy christmas war is over and so many times you listen to that song in the in the in the anthem and it's become an anthem 
and the at the and the refrain at the end war is over if you want it uh it, it isn't relevant because that song was written during the height of the vietnam war but sadly in 2022 happy christmas war is over if you want it is is relevant and does resonate and so john lennon has written so many anthems for us whether it's imagine whether it's power to the people whether it's give peace a chance they're all anthems and rallying cries and songs filled with honesty and and poignancy and all for a call for action and so here we are in 2022 with a wish of happy Christmas, but also the realization that war is over, and it can be over if we want it. So I think this year, sadly, um, that John Lennon song has as much meaning today as it did 50 years ago. But listen to your favorite cheerful songs like Holly Jolly Christmas and Sleigh Ride and the great Phil Spector album. And uh, and Perry Como, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and Andy Williams. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And Bing Crosby singing White Christmas and Whitney Houston singing Do You Hear What I Hear? And Annie Lennox singing Winter Wonderland. And Bruce Springsteen or Ray Charles singing Merry Christmas or, or uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And the Eagles singing Please Come Home for Christmas. And Elton John singing Step Into Christmas in his latest one with Ed Sheeran from last year, Merry Christmas. Or Frank Sinatra singing A Christmas Waltz. Or the Carpenters singing Merry Christmas, Darling. Definitely get that Phil Spector album, A Christmas Gift for You, because my gosh, there's not a, not a bad song on that one. Uh, just one of my favorites. Um, Darlene Love or You Too singing Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home. Darlene Love singing All Alone at Christmas from Home Alone 2, which is another one of my favorite ones. As I said before, Leon Redbone's Christmas Island album singing Frosty the Snowman with Dr. John or Dr. John's version of Merry Christmas Baby or Barry Manilow's version of... uh, uh, of uh, Handel's Messiah from his Because It's Christmas album. Or Dean Martin's Winter Romance and his version of of, uh, of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Or Jimmy Durante's Frosty the Snowman. Now Frosty was a snowman. There's so many, so many great Christmas songs. Of course, Bing Crosby's White Christmas. And... The Ronettes version of White Christmas. And Alan Toussaint, Toussaint's instrumental version of White Christmas. Or Band-Aids, Do They Know It's Christmas? Or the band, the group The Band had a great Christmas song called Christmas Must Be Tonight. And of course, the perennials like Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. And uh, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. There's so many great ones. Do what you can to find that Christmas spirit, but don't forget the realities. Get out there, spread the Christmas joy with those 
that you love, and maybe even those that you don't know, those that, are, that don't have as much as you. It's a time for giving. It's a time for sharing. It's a time for thinking about our fellow man. It's a time to say happy Christmas. And it's a time to send that rallying cry that war is over if we want it. And we do want it. Celebrate your family. Celebrate your friends. Celebrate your traditions. And at the very least, like Scrooge, at the end of A Christmas Carol, make merry. And I hope you enjoyed another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody you know that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 343. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for holiday fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. From the end of the North Pole to your town.